This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. It's week 13. It's Thursday at 5 o'clock, which means you are here with us. We appreciate you. I see you all in the chat already. It's me and it's Mike McClure. We do our game-by-game preview, talking about our favorite DFS plays in each and every game. And then, of course, we close the show with our cheat sheet and Mike's top three at each position. I'm always so excited to do this show. Mike, how is it going today? I know you're knee-deep, if not neck-deep, in soccer and a bunch of other stuff. How's that going for you? And are you excited about this Week 13 slate? I am excited about the Week 13 slate. I'm excited about every DFS slate, though, especially NFL. They're just there's so few of them throughout the year relative to every other day on the calendar. So I absolutely love those. Uh, World Cup is going great. Had a big bet on the U.S. Was able to cash that. That was very nice. Uh, looking forward to the next round of it, but I'm looking forward to this NFL slate first and this showdown slate tonight, uh, even more so. Maybe in the last maybe minute or two of the show, we can touch on some of your your showdown thoughts or just your game thoughts with this uh, Bills Patriots game. Absolutely. Awesome. Everybody stick around for that. Uh, and for the record, um, uh, the early edge people that will include me tonight at 730, we'll be breaking down the game, all our favorite props. Uh, and we're going to have some fun and some laughs there, too. So early edge, 730 tonight. Mike, this is a pretty big slate. There's a lot of games here. We only have two teams on a bye. And I feel like we should just get started. I'll just tell everybody that this is really backloaded, this slate. What I mean by that is there's a lot of games, particularly in the 4 o'clock hour on Sunday for this Week 13 slate, that we're really going to need to dig into. And I think everybody who's listening to this podcast right now or watching this show right now has an idea of what those games are. So there will be a few games in the 1 o'clock slate that, or the, in the 1 o'clock games that we're going to kind of race through because we don't want to waste your time and we don't think there's a lot of players in those games that are going to be worthy of rostering. So just FYI, if we skip through a game a little faster than we normally do, it's really because we're trying to get to some of the meat and potatoes, if you will. Um, Mike, thanks for being in here. Garrett, uh, Dwayne, James, we see a OS. Thank you for being in here. Please hit the like button. Brian Fletcher, I see you as well. Hit the like button if you haven't already. We really appreciate you there. And for those of you that don't already know, it's Thursday. So what does that mean? We Our contest is live. Our FFT DFS contest is live. It's only 200 deep. So it does typically fill up by Friday or Saturday afternoon. Um, that contest is always live on during the Tuesday show as well. So we get that contest up and ready. It's up and ready now. It's in the YouTube description. If you're listening to the podcast, it is in the podcast description. Mike, we're going to start with a game 
that is going to be really un underwhelming. This is a game we're going to kind of skip through so we can get to some of these other games. It's the Steelers plus one at the Atlanta Falcons. It's a 42-point total. Now, I don't want to undercut any of th these games in a way, so I, I want to make sure I get your opinion here. Najee Harris didn't practice today, today being Thursday. So, I mean, I think there is the possibility that Jalen Warren – who for the record is 4,900 on DraftKings, or maybe Benny Snell. There's probably going to be some sort of committee scenario there. I'm not really interested in Kenny Pickett, but I can understand why somebody at 5,200 might be interested in him and maybe pairing him with Deontay or George Pickens. It's not for me. I think you could grab Pat Fryermuth from this game as just a singular piece, and be I'd be totally fine with that at 4,300. On the Atlanta side, I'm not really interested in anybody you know, I know Drake London is the guy, uh, and Olamide Seguias looks to be a guy that's getting even more targets, but I'm not playing that game with Atlanta. Um, are you playing the game with Atlanta or with the Pittsburgh Steelers this week? Uh, probably not. Uh, the only scenario I could get to would be Warren at running back. Uh, I In the situations where he has played, I've liked his involvement in the passing game. Uh, that That's really what I, I need to see. If we don't have a ton of touchdown equity, I want to play him here if – you know, if we don't have a situation where we don't have clarity on the New York Jets, say Michael Carter does end up playing for the Jets, uh, I think that muddies the water a little bit and I'm more likely to go play someone like Warren. But as of right now, I don't think I'm going to get there, but he's the closest piece that I'm getting in this game. So if I heard you correctly, and we'll get to the Jets game when we get to the Jets game, but if Michael Carter is going to be out, which I expect him to be out, uh, it sounds to me like you might be engaging with some of those backup running backs, if if not one singularly, maybe Zonovan Knight, maybe James Robinson, maybe Ty Johnson. I think I know who you're going with, but just to tease the rest of, of the crowd here, let's um let's wait until we get to that game. Uh, but I I largely agree with you, and forgive me if, if I missed this, but Pat Fryermuth, is he going to be in your player pool? Uh, as of right now, no, uh, because you guys know, like, look, last year I played Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes a lot. They're not on the main slates all the time this year. There's one guy that I do play a lot, and I'm playing them again this week. Okay, fair enough. Derek, uh, we see you in the chat. Thank you. And Derek does have a, a comment here. Steelers DST, most popular this week. Do you have an idea of maybe wh who the, the top maybe one or two defenses are in terms of ownership? Uh, I do, and it's not the Steelers uh, at this point. Let me see here. Oh, excuse me. It is the Steelers at this point. For some reason, I was thinking Falcons. I'm getting the Falcons a little bit. Yes, the Steelers are going to be the most popular defense uh, on DraftKings with their pricing there. Uh, they're twenty six hundred. Okay. They're only 2,600 here on DraftKings. Okay, that certainly makes sense. Let's move on to a game that, to me, has – very little appeal as well, although I, I do think it, it it is maybe a little sneaky with some players here. It's the Commanders giving two and a half points. In other words, they're favored by two and a half at the New York Giants. It's a 40 and a half point total. So again, last game was 42. This one's 40 and a half. These are very low totals and very low implied totals. Just to give you some context there, Washington 21 and a half. The New York Giants only 19. I think the only thing I like here, because I'm not going personally, Mike, I'm not going to Terry McLaurin. I wasn't on him last week either. I just I don't have any faith in the Washington passing game if they're not being pushed. They, they, they just they're not going to be chucking it down the field unless they have to. So for me, if Antonio Gibson continues to miss practice, which he did today, by the way, it's Thursday today and, and Antonio Gibson did miss practice. I'm not 100 percent sure why he was limited yesterday and outright miss practice today. This could be a non-injury related thing, but 
Maybe if he misses another practice or if he's not playing on Sunday, maybe Brian Robinson is interesting, even though he doesn't get much by way of, of catches on the other side of the ball, you know, Saquon, it's just not a good matchup. But then again, Mike, you know, if he's not going to be owned because it's such a allegedly bad matchup, does he, does that make him playable? I think it makes him playable in tournaments. If you're playing several lineups, uh, I, I like it quite a bit. And the reason I'll say I like it quite a bit is because one, there is a piece I'm going to use in this game. Um, the Giants defense is one that's projecting really well for me personally. A lot of it has to do with overall ownership and just the overall low scoring nature of this matchup. At least that's the way we're projecting it. So uh, I do like Saquon in that it would be relatively correlated with that. Um, as far as ownership, I will tell you, I don't see a scenario where Saquon even hits 5% on this week. I think yeah, it would be I think, two to 3% max. I think that's what makes him particularly appealing. I mean, this Washington defense is, is very good, but I do want to point out some things that we need to monitor as it pertains to the Giants. They are getting some offensive linemen back. They are getting some help back. It looks like Evan Neal had a full practice today, but there's a couple of other guys that the Giants are waiting on. And if they get those upgrades on their offensive line, I mean, it doesn't take much for Saquon to, to break a run, even against a good rush defense. So I, I think, Mike, if he ends up being low-owned, which on this slate it really looks like he's going, that's going to hold, um, it may, like I'm, I'm not really interested in playing him outside of that. So I think from an ownership standpoint, we know Barkley can, can break any, any run at any time. We know he's going to get the rushing attempts. Let me ask you before we get away from this game, I believe Darius Slayton missed practice. I probably wouldn't be playing him anyway, even though his price at 5,100 is appealing. Richie James at 3,800. Is he a guy, because we're going to, we're, we're desperate to find value, especially if we're playing like Mahomes, Kelsey stacks or Justin Herbert to Eckler, you know, or Keenan or whatever it is. Are guys like Richie James in the conversation, or is, is there value in so many other places at, at that receiver position? You're not worried about playing Richie James. I'm not worried about playing Richie James at this point. Uh, I think I would really prefer someone like Richie James if it were a bring back, uh, and I was really interested in just the overall game environment. Um, not the case here, so... I'm going to be out on everything except for the Giants defense and a little asterisk next to uh, Saquon Barkley because he does project in a way that uh, I might be able to get to him here. Okay, this next game, we have a lot of questions about, or at least I have a lot of questions about. I think everybody does. It's not a game that I think people are super interested in playing. Of course, it's the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. It's a 43 and a half point total. Green Bay favored by five and a half. So there are situations, and Mike, I have a feeling you're going to like some things in this game if, if things play out the way that, that they could. We don't know. Like, do, Mike, do you know if Aaron Rodgers is playing this week? What, what's your take there? He says he is. Um, yeah, he says he is. I have to believe that he, he will. I'm looking to see if there's any additional news. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, checked, I, I checked myself, and I didn't see additional news. I know he had – he was quoted as saying he can understand maybe like sitting out some of these games and giving Jordan Love a chance. But then to your point, I know earlier in the week, he also said he's ready to go and he wants to play. Yeah. So my read on it is he plays here. Um, so they're, they're mathematically still alive, right? So I don't see the scenario in which they make the change until they are mathematically eliminated. They, I believe would be mathematically eliminated with another loss almost. Um, so it's a must win game for them, but 
I think that Rodgers gets to come in and play, assuming that he is healthy enough and wants to. Uh, I clearly think he wants to still. He's going to play until they lose. And then once they lose another game, whether it's he leaves early with an injury, whatever it may be, at that point, I would expect to see Jordan Love. Um, but I don't anticipate it being this week. Mike, can I tell you what's really going on here? What's really going on is that the last thing Aaron Rodgers wants is for Jordan Love to come in in the best matchup that Jordan Love could possibly come in on. Because then all of a sudden people are going to be like, oh, wow, well, maybe we should have turned the page a year ago, or maybe we should turn the page at the end of this year and figure out something with Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't think a lot of people will be clamoring for that. I think most people kind of understand what Jordan Love is as it relates to Aaron Rodgers. But this is a this is a game, and I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers' price at 5,800, where he could absolutely go off and kind of this can be his swan song at least for this season, and then he just hands it over to to Jordan Love after he tosses three touchdowns and 315 yards to guys like Christian Watson who are 5,200, Randall Cobb 4,200, Alan Lazard 5,400. Doesn't this seem like a pretty good setup for Aaron Rodgers? Oh, it definitely does. Um, the the question is just can can he grip the ball right and, and everything else. But other than that, uh, yeah, it's potentially one that I'm going to be interested in. Having Justin Fields in there to be able to push this game uh, makes it way way more interesting to me. Um, so not a not a core lineup piece, but definitely uh, tournament lineups. I have some interest there. And you did bring up Justin Fields. I do want to point out he it looks like he's on track to play. He got a full practice in on Thursday. Um, that tells me most of what I need to know. Now, to me, I still am not interested in playing Justin Fields with a potential shoulder injury with some maybe curtailing of the running that we know Justin Fields can engage in. His price is 7400 So that makes, I mean, it would be one thing if he was 6100 or Aaron Rodgers' price. But is Justin Fields in your player pool or no? He's not. Uh, you know, look, he's finally priced up where I basically was begging for him to be priced, uh, you know, four weeks ago. Right. And he's finally there. Uh, not playable, in my opinion, at this spot. So no Justin Fields this week. Before we get to the next game, I think it's worth talking about some of these receivers that are in a really good price range. And let's just assume for the sake of this argument that Justin Fields is playing and that Aaron Rodgers is playing. Although I don't know that it matters as much to me on the Green Bay side, whether it's Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, at least as it pertains to the value of these receivers. Let me start with the Packers. Christian Watson at 5,200. Yes or no? Um, no. Uh, Randall Cobb at 4,200. Yes or no? No. Alan Lazard, 5,400. Yes or no? Uh, man, I hate to be a no across the board, but I, I maybe after looking at them individually, I may not like it as much as I thought I would. Um, well, I'll, I'll say no again, just because uh, the, there are still other teams that I like this week. Let me ask you this. If somebody wanted to come in and do a stack with the Packers and they, they, do, they were desperate in one of their lineups to play Aaron Rodgers at 5,800 on DraftKings, who, who is the, of those three guys I mentioned, who was the guy that would, that would lead your charge in terms of a stack? Ah, let's see. I'll say, oh man, it sounds nuts, but Randall Cobb. Uh, I I think that he still trusts him. I still think that it's a good matchup for slot receivers. Um, Yeah, it would probably be Cobb and mostly because he's so cheap. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, that that right there is ten thousand total. So you got forty thousand left after your stack with right. Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers. So that makes a lot of sense. Real quick on the bear side, because I think people are interested in some of these value guys, at least in terms of taking some dart throws. Whether that's a good idea or not, it's a different question. But Chase Claypool at thirty eight hundred, Byron Pringle at, at three thousand. We know that Darnell Mooney is out for the season. Any of those guys interesting at that price? Uh, it's got to be Chase Claypool for me, just the overall raw talent. Uh, you know, some of the throws heading that direction may not be super accurate, but he, he is a ridiculous athlete and makes the most out of what he's given a lot of times. Um, so at his current price point, I think Claypool is the guy I would go for. Okay, fair enough. Let's go to the Jets and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, speaking of value wide receivers, I, I think I want to start there because uh, first of all, I, I really want to get your opinion on Mike White. We know you were on him last week. You told everybody you were going to be on him on our Thursday show last week, and he absolutely shined just like you thought he would. You know, I, I still like this matchup against Minnesota's secondary. They can absolutely be exposed, whether it's by Mike White or really any other quarterback, including Mac Jones last week. I think the really big-time value play that's going to be really chalky, of course, is Garrett Wilson at 5,300. First of all, I assume you like Garrett Wilson. Answer that question for me. But second of all, Mike White, is this a stack that is in play for you? Is it potentially a top three stack for you? Uh, it is a, a top three stack for me. I do like Garrett Wilson. Uh, as far as do you have to stack Garrett Wilson with Mike White? I don't think you have to. I think it's a fine stack. Uh, I'm Mike White is someone I'm very comfortable stacking a running back with as well, uh, just because I still think he's going to hit the running back in the passing game quite a bit. Um, so I do like him. Mike White is definitely in the player pool. He's going to be one of the three or four quarterbacks that I end up using this week. Uh, you've got some natural bringbacks on the other side that have a lot of upside. That's something generally that we like to see. So I do like the Jets. I do like Mike White. Um, I, I'm glad they made the quarterback change. He's just got so much more upside in this offense. A, a, they're just a very legit team at this point. So, yes, I like them. Okay. And I'm reading – I'm, I'm kind of going um... – a little out of turn here, but I am reading that Debo Samuel did not practice on Thursday, but that Christian McCaffrey did practice. We'll get to that game, but I just wanted to throw that out for everybody to hear. Uh, any other? So you, you teased it a little bit at the running back position. It sounds to me like Zonovan Knight might be a guy that you're willing to play at 4,600. Talk about that and talk about whether there are any other Jets uh, or Vikings, frankly, that you're willing to play in this game. Uh, yeah, I, look, I, I like Knight. I, I think he did a lot with the opportunity that he had. And I think it probably earned him a few more snaps regardless of who's on the field and who's active. Um, so at this price point, I think he's got a ton of upside. I love seeing the work in the receiving game. Um, you know, he, he did lose a fumble. I don't think it's a massive, massive issue. Uh, so as of right now, if Michael Carter does not play, uh, Zonovan Knight is someone who's going to be, I think one, very popular, but two, someone I'm going to be playing quite a bit still uh, at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have to wait and hear some more clarity with that running back room as it specifically uh, with respect to Michael Carter. But Zonovan Knight at 4,600 uh, seems like a guy that's worthy of taking a chance on. Uh, we do have a question from that Bears game. Uh, Cole Komet, uh, with Justin Fields being the quarterback, is he viable, asks uh, Garrett Pokella. Uh, I would say yes, just because he's under $4,000. Uh, that That's kind of the threshold that I'm looking for. He He's got more upside when Fields is in there just because of the way Fields can extend plays and hit him uh, and typically happens down in the red zone as well. So I will say, yes, Cole Komet is viable. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. There's not a lot of t- tight ends I like this week, and Quill Komet's going to be one of them, especially with Justin Fields back. So, Garrett, uh, good question there. And, Garrett, if you haven't already, hit the like button. we got a lot of people watching. Only about 40 likes. Let's try to get up to 100 before we give out Mike's top three at each position. Okay, the Viking side. Real quick before we move on, anybody on the Viking side that you like, uh, whether it be Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson or TJ Hawkinson? I think Hawkinson is interesting just because tight end is relatively weak. Um, Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think that to me, it's pretty clear at this point. So I like him. Uh, The issue with Justin Jefferson is always the price point and and finding a way to get him in there. Fortunately here, if you're playing Mike White, uh, maybe the, the, lineup overall is cheap enough that you can get him in there without sacrificing a ton. Uh, that's typically the most difficult part about playing Justin Jefferson, but I do like him. Hawkinson's a fine bring back. I'm not at this moment all in on stacking the game. Um, however, I, I will definitely have pieces. And before we move on to Cleveland at Houston, I, I do want to ask you to look at ownership for Justin Jefferson. How is that projecting? Cause I would imagine that people aren't playing Justin Jefferson this week for a variety of different reasons. Yeah, I think he's going to see single digits. Um, my theory is we could be a little under projecting it still. I'm projecting him about 9% right now. I think that number could be as high as 10 to 12, um, just above 10%. The reason for that is I think that more Jets end up working their way into lineups. We yeah. know that people are going to play Garrett Wilson, things like that. So I think that that's going to bump it up. Uh, I think that if they weren't playing the Jets and it was just another matchup on paper about the same, um, I think that number would be 5 to 6%. I totally agree because at first I thought we were looking at 5 to 6%, but I think if, if you play Garrett Wilson, you can justify like the skinny stack and, and taking yep. a, an overpriced – or not an overpriced, a highly priced Justin Jefferson. And especially if you do the stack of Mike White and Garrett Wilson, I think the natural thing for people to do – is bring it back with Justin Jefferson. So um, I certainly endorse that play as well. I'll I'll probably have a tournament lineup that has that exact build. So let's move on to Cleveland at Houston. Now we're starting to get into totals that are a little bit more attractive. I don't know how attractive this game is. Cleveland is favored by seven points going into Houston. Of course, this is the Deshaun Watson game. He is going back to Houston, and this is his first game back coming off suspension. I don't really have any interest. And by the way, Cleveland is favored by seven. The total is 46 and a half. The implied point total for Cleveland is 26.75. That's pretty high. So to me, Mike, this is a Nick Chubb game, and and it's pretty obviously a Nick Chubb game. Is there any other way to construe this? And are are guys like Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoko, or even Deshaun Watson playable on that side of the ball? Uh, I think they're playable. Uh, Chubb is fine. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Um, I, I think that this game still features Deshaun Watson a little bit. Maybe not even necessarily all the way through the 20s. They might get him more looks in the red zone. Uh, I think that the biggest thing that they could do at this point with him is to get him a touchdown or two, give him yeah. a lot more confidence, welcome him um, with a game that is likely going to be in hand for them. Uh, I think that that's what we see. Honestly, Uh, I think that they give Watson the opportunity to score a little bit here in this game at his current price point. He's very close to being someone that I want to play in DFS this week. Um, It's interesting. I I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. I 
I'm speculating that he still has the upside for 40 to 50 rushing yards in this game. Mm-hmm. If you get 40 to 50 rushing yards, he gets to run one of those TDs in in the red zone. Remember, this offense will change quite a bit in the red zone when he has the ability to run. Uh, at, first of all, I expect the red zone efficiency to go up quite a bit. Um, if he gets to the 40 to 50 yards rushing, one rushing touchdown, any sort of mediocre day passing, and he, he's not killing you at the salary. But any sort of game script where the game's remotely competitive and they're pushed, uh, I think he could have a huge day here. So I do like him. I would probably play him naked. I don't think I would play him with anyone. Uh, the only thing I could get to stacking-wise would be David Njoku, I believe, mispracticed today. Can we look up um... – Zach, can you pull up Amari Cooper's game log? Because to me, this seems like a game that sets up well for some easy completions from Deshaun Watson to Amari Cooper, who does like to run a lot of those shorter area targets relative to like Donovan Peoples-Jones, for example. And we see with Jacoby Brissett, week 12, he had 12 targets. Week 11, 12 targets. Then we had a blip on the radar with um, with Miami. But it's basically been between 7 and 12 targets with that one off game against Miami where – he has just been getting peppered. And I just wonder if this, like, I don't think people are going to be playing Deshaun Watson in general, but I also don't think they're going to be playing Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper stacks against Houston. I mean, isn't it possible that we could get Amari Cooper with two touchdowns and in a hundred yards? Oh, it's incredibly possible. Yeah. It's just very, very, very possible. Um, yeah. I, it's, I'm terrified of it, honestly, because uh, I don't know that I'm going to get to it personally. Uh, but I, I do think that it could happen and it could win someone a lot of money this week. With that said, if somebody was going to do that stack and we are the kings, we're the kings of two things, Mike. We're the kings of, well, I should say you are. Um, we're the kings of two tight ends. We were doing that before it was cool. And we are also the kings of, hey, let's not force a run back here. And in the Houston Texans case, boy, is it hard to force a run back because they are just so inept, whether it's Kyle Allen or Davis Mills, this team is a, is a complete mess, uh, particularly at the offensive line, just on offense in general, which is why Damian Pierce is not even in the conversation for me. Listen, if you want to play him at 5,900, you know, best of luck, it can absolutely work out against Cleveland's rush defense. I, in fact, maybe it's uh, maybe you have an opinion on this. Maybe it's good play. But my question for you was going to be Brandon Cooks at a flat 5K, Nico Collins at 4,200. It's a 46 and a half point total. It's almost 20 points implied for Houston. Somebody's got to get those points. Somebody's got to get the points. I'm not playing Damian Pierce. So my bring back would be Nico Collins. Uh, the guy mm-hmm. always seems to get there some way, shape or form. Doesn't matter if it's real late fourth quarter. Uh, you know, he's consistently having 40 to 60 yards. He got in the end zone in week 10. Uh, Totally could see a scenario where he's racking up 40 yards in the final quarter of this game and potentially lands in the end zone late uh, when the game's well within hand. So I I do like Nico Collins a little bit at 4,200. And I will say this. Don't underestimate the idea that Houston, the Houston Texans are going to play their best game in the last month or two this particular week. They know what's going on. They know that Deshaun is back. They know that all eyes are going to be on Deshaun Watson. They know that it's a, it's a homecoming. I mean, listen, there's a there's a lot of stuff in the background that that we don't need to address on this particular show. But but what all that amounts to is a lot of eyes being on this particular game. So if Houston were to show up and, and have a competitive game, it's going to be this game. And so I'm not saying that Cleveland's going to cover or that they're not going to cover. But I do think Cleveland's going to get pushed a little bit harder than, than the Texans have been pushing teams over the last three, four or five weeks. So that's definitely something to consider when you're considering a run back and when you're considering stacking this game or skinny stacking this game, however you want to play it. I, I think Houston shows up for this one. 
Um, Mike, any comments there before we move on to Titans and the Eagles? No, I think this game could be relatively competitive, very high scoring. Um, I, I do think that the Texans can keep up for a little bit here. Okay, let's move on to the Titans. They're plus five and a half at the Eagles. It's a 44 and a half point total. You know, this one's interesting. I, I think some people will be interested in Hurts, especially after watching him just dominate on the ground against Green Bay on national television, of course. I'm not playing Hurts this week, Mike, so I'm really curious what your opinion is. He's just not generating enough offense with his arm. And, and I, I personally, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, I don't know that I want to rely on his legs, especially against the Titans, who I just think are very buttoned up team particularly defensively they're playing better both in the secondary and and against the run I, I think it's a this is a pretty solid titans team so i don't think i want to play with her i don't want to play with Devonte smith or aj brown and i don't want to play derrick henry especially because it looks like jordan davis is going to be back he practiced today and if he's back on sunday this all of a sudden becomes a philly rush defense that's actually pretty good as opposed to pretty bad so with all that said this one at a 44 and a half point total it's mostly a stay away for me. What say you? Yeah, uh, I like Derrick Henry personally still. Um, we'll mm -hmm. see if Davis ends up giving it a go. I've not been impressed with the Eagles defense so far uh, at this point. This projects as a spot where Derrick Henry should find some success. The, the, the real upside on Henry is just going to be a matter of does he get the rushing touchdowns or not? Uh, I think he's comfortably going to have his 80 plus yards in this game. It's just going to come down to the red zone. Um, everything else in the game, though, I, I'm again, I'm very worried about the Eagles defense. They've surrendered over 30 points, I believe, in what back to back home games. Um, not necessarily good. These are the type of games where Tennessee and Mike Vrabel has this team dialed up to always seem to be really, really competitive. Uh, I don't think it's massive shootout competitive. I think it's just competitive physical football game. Um, AJ Brown has steadily been losing work to Devonte Smith. Some of that, we, we kind of speculated that AJ was actually really hurt a couple weeks ago. Um, we'll see if that's actually the case and he's playing through it or, or what's going on there. Uh, a lot of people are going to like AJ Brown will be over-owned in this game simply due to the revenge narrative of playing Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not going to go necessarily play something like that. Um, if you want to do something like that, I would simply recommend AJ Brown anytime touchdown bet or potentially a yardage prop bet. And that's about it. Um, yeah, I don't find myself really on anything in this game outside of Derrick Henry. Yeah, I will say this. If I end up throwing, you know, a lineup in that has Jalen Hurts, it's going to be Jalen Hurts uh, to Devontae Smith because his target share has really, really picked up. And we know he can take the top off the defense. And this Tennessee, you know, secondary has been playing better. But you're right. I think a lot of the focus will be on A.J. Brown. And of course, Devontae can get behind this defense. So I think a, a Hurts Devontae stack will be relatively contrarian. So I kind of like that as far as bringbacks. I do want to ask you about Traylon Burks at 4,600. Is he a guy that you're interested in in, uh, in the week 13 slate? He has popped up in a few lineups. Uh, when I, I've run some early numbers on it, everything is incredibly encouraging the last two weeks. He, he's looked fantastic the last two weeks. Um, look, I, I think that if there were a game for Tennessee to take a few additional shots that way and kind of say, Hey, yeah, we actually don't, maybe we don't need AJ Brown, right? Uh, there might be one or two opportunities in this game where they hit him with something very specific. Uh, AJ's got the game circled on the other side as well. Like I, I think that Traylon is fine. He's not a must play far from a must play. Um, 
but not someone that I've excluded from the player pool. Just not someone that's like actively showing up in lineups like Derrick Henry is. Okay. And it's funny. You took the words right out of Swoop's mouth. Swoop says Brown has this game circled. Well, that's true. But I think the Titans know that too. So you always want to be a little careful uh, with that narrative. Garrett uh, Pokella has, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Garrett. Um, You know, he asks about Quez as just a value punt play at 3,800. I I do want to mention Elijah, who was on the solo pod uh, with me on Tuesday. Uh, Elijah Lipkin, who, who of course donated to uh, St. Jude d- during our draftathon a couple months back. He was excellent on the show, by the way, Mike. This guy was so great. But he also mentioned Quez Watkins, among other value receivers. Quez isn't going to make my player pool. Uh, is he a guy that you'd consider as a flyer? Probably not, unless you just absolutely love Derrick Henry or Jalen Hurts. You have to love one of those two players, in my opinion. You have to think it's a huge Derrick Henry day, which means they're throwing a ton to play catch up. Because remember, this Eagles offense still does want to run the football quite a bit, right? right? So that's the scenario that I would be okay with Quez, is that you just absolutely love Derrick Henry. You think he smashes 150 yards, two touchdowns, game that's competitive or that they're winning. Um, then I think you could play Quez on his own or with with Jalen Hurts. But the box score is beautiful. You have to realize he had two touchdowns uh, on seven total targets in the last two games. Uh, the volume is just not there. Okay, we're going to move along to Jacksonville and Detroit. But before we do that, we are going to hear a message from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we are back. My name is Sian Najad. That right there is Mike McClure. We have a lot of people watching. So if you haven't already, I see it was Chris Gillantine. He says, hit those likes, fam. We like to try to get to 100 likes before we give out Mike's top three at each position. And if we get to 100 likes early, we'll just stop the show in the middle of whatever game we're doing and we'll give out the top three early. So um, again, a lot of people watching. If you can't see the like button, just pull down the chat and then hit the like button and then put the chat back up. It certainly helps the show uh, with respect to the YouTube algorithm and, and all of that fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff, Mike, I didn't, you know, it's so weird, right? Because this is the game I probably like the most. And it's yep. just two terrible teams. Jacksonville Jaguars are at the Detroit Lions. It's a 51 and a half point total. Detroit is now favored by one as of yesterday. Jacksonville was favored by one, one and a half. This is flipped like I anticipated that it would. The implied totals for both of these teams, as you might expect in a competitive game, is similar, and it's also high. So Detroit, 26.25. Jacksonville, 25.25. This is exactly what we want for so many different reasons. 
One is because we're going to have a back and forth game. We're going to have a lot of points. The game is in Detroit, a curated environment. But also, we get a lot of cheap options here, particularly when it comes to our stacks and our quarterbacks. So let me ask you, Mike, and I do want to get the the Travis Etienne thing out of the way. He did have a limited practice on Thursday. And according to him, again, according to him, not his coaches, he is playing on Sunday. If you you were tracking what happened last week, he left the game, but it, it, it sounds like he could have come back in the game because he's such a prize you know, he's so valued by the franchise. They just didn't put him back in the game because foot injuries scare the Jacksonville Jaguars like they should. Granted, it was a different foot. With all that said, it does look like Travis Etienne is going to play. I don't think you're going to get any value running backs to play in this game. But, Mike, there's so much value on Trevor Lawrence. To me, there's so much value on Christian Kirk at 6,300. There's so much value on Amon Ross St. Brown at 7,100. And then you got Zay Jones at 4,900. Khalif Raymond, if you want to go back there at 3,900. I mean, it feels like just a, like like Chris like a Christmas special, but again, it's Detroit and Jacksonville at the end of the day. How, how much do you, do you love this game as much as I do? And are you stacking this game? I like the game. I don't love it as much as you. I will definitely have pieces from the game. Uh, I can't fault you for wanting to play guys like Trevor Lawrence. He was fantastic last week. Uh, even better matchup, controlled environment in the dome, like you said. Um, a game where the, it should really go back and forth. So I like it a lot. Travis Etienne. He's a near must play if he's actually playing. He says he's playing. We're going to say that he's playing until then. Um, I I think that he's someone that's got to be in your player pool at the bare minimum. He will be in pretty much every lineup for me if he is active and playing. Uh, And then all the receivers, you know, like 20 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, you started asking me because I said I might like Green Bay a little bit. And you asked me, do you like him? Do you like him? Do you like him? I started answering no because I like all of the guys in this game just yeah. a little bit better, right? So it, it's mm-hmm. literally all of them on both sides. Even DJ Shark, I like him better. Um, th- there are a number of options in this game. I like the game environment overall a lot better. So that is why you know, I thought that I might like the Packers a little bit. I, I really don't. It's because of this game. Let me ask you about roster construction. If Travis Etienne is playing in this game, and let's say I want to do a Trevor Lawrence stack and I want to do it with Christian Kirk. Uh, you're okay with doing it with Christian, whatever, Christian Kirk or Zay Jones. Let's say just I want to pick one of those two guys. You're okay with the stack with Trevor Lawrence, one of those receivers, and Travis Etienne, or you'd rather not go that route? I'm more than okay with it. Yeah, I basically want to bet on capturing all the Jacksonville offensive points. Uh, you know, you hope you identify which receiver maybe has two touchdowns. You get the ground game with Travis Etienne. You get the passing game. You have a running back in Etienne who is involved in the passing game. Uh, yeah, I think that this definitely qualifies as a situation where you can stack QB running back wide receiver. Yeah, and I do want to point out that Zay Jones has been an absolute target monster over the last couple of games, but. And so I think a lot of people will default to Zay Jones, just whether they're stacking this game or not. And that's totally fine. I'm actually cool with that. I'll play some Zay Jones too. But I really like Christian Kirk. And it's particularly because Detroit against slot receivers, they're just really bad. We know they're kind of bad against the pass anyway, but particularly against slot receivers. And we know when when Kirk gets the targets, he usually pays them off. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if on our prop show tomorrow, Mike, which I do, of course, uh, with Dave Richard, uh, prop stars and the coach if I have a Christian Kirk over prop. So we'll have to wait for those for that show. Again, that's tomorrow at four o'clock. And then I see Buffalo Woe says, see you getting in the club tonight with Gabe Davis. Of course, that's an early edge reference. I have submitted my first touchdown score, Buffalo Woes, uh, otherwise known as the gem, but it is not Gabe Davis. But I think somebody did pick Gabe Davis. So um 
wait until 7.30, watch that show. Thank you for watching this show. Uh, anybody on the Lions side that, like, Amon Ross St. Brown is pretty obvious to me. But yeah. then you mentioned DJ Shark. So it, the, the thing about the Detroit passing game is it's kind of muddled now that Josh Reynolds and DJ Shark might sort of enter back into the mix. Is Khalif Raymond's a guy that's just been washed away because of that? Or is he a guy behind Amon Ross St. Brown that you have the most confidence in? Um, I think I've got, I've got some confidence in him, but I I don't want to play him. I'd rather take a chance on shark, especially in a revenge narrative situation, former team. Um, I, I, he's a little, he's a hundred dollars cheaper. I think people are more likely to play Khalif Raymond. He's been more playable throughout the season. So I'm not going to play Khalif Raymond in this particular matchup. Okay. Any other Detroit lines we left out? I mean, I, I have to talk about Jamal Williams because he will just get the ball inside the five, inside the 10-yard line, and usually he produces when he does. Jamal Williams at 6K. We know DeAndre Swift is completely off the injury report for whatever that's worth, which, by the way, it's worth nothing to me. Uh, Justin Jackson gets some run here. Do we take a chance on Jamal Williams' touchdown equity? Uh, I don't, no. Uh, okay. Not something I want to play, yeah. No. And is the Jared Goff stack in play, or if you're just going to stack this game, do Trevor Lawrence and get out? Uh, I prefer the Lawrence side and get out. Uh, I think, you know, we didn't necessarily see it last week, but we've seen it throughout the season. Trevor Lawrence at least has some rushing upside. He's got some touchdown equity on the ground. Just It's not massive, but he definitely has it. Um, golf, I would say, does not. So uh, I'd rather play Lawrence than golf. Okay. Next game, and by the way, if anybody has any questions, Shark Week says Swoop. Uh, that's funny. Um, if anybody has any questions, put them in the chat. We're going to race through this next game because we got to get to the four o'clocks and we got to get to the top three. Again, everybody hit the like button if you haven't already. Denver, Baltimore, look behind the curtain here, everybody. I literally, in my notes here, I put no thank you. Like that's, that is how I assess this game. Uh, just a side note, J.K. Dobbins returned to practice. Uh, Mark Andrews, Mike, I'm sure he's a fine play. I, I just, I'm not going to be interested. I, I, he dropped a touchdown pass. His, his day should have been way better in this particular game at home in a 38 half point total. I, I don't like the running game, of course, on the Baltimore side, but I don't like the passing game either. And there's certainly nobody on the Denver side I'm willing to play. Is this an easy move on game or do you want to discuss Mark Andrews or maybe a, a receiver option? No, thanks. Yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> We're moving on. All right, so let's get to the first 4 o'clock game. Uh, there's two 405 games, and there's two 425 games. The two 405 games are Miami at San Francisco and Seattle at the Los Angeles Rams. I like to ace, isolate 405 versus 425 so that everybody knows from a late swap standpoint when you can and when you cannot late swap. You know, Obviously, after 405, there's still two games where you can utilize late swap, and they're two amazing games where you're probably going to have a lot of players in them. So let's talk about, we're not going to spend too much time on Seattle and the Los Angeles Rams. Let's talk about Miami and San Francisco real quick. Um, I think this is going to be a game, Mike, that's going to be on the outside looking in a little bit because people are going to be so much more interested in, especially in the four o'clock slate, playing Chiefs, Bengals, Chargers, Raiders. Are, Are you interested in this one? I mean, weather is a slight potential concern here. I think the pass rush should be a concern for the Miami Dolphins. This is not going to be one of the soft defenses that they faced. And let's not forget, Teron Armstead at left tackle is not going to be in there for Miami either. With all that said, Tua gets the ball out fast. McDaniel schemes Tyree Kill and Waddle in, in, in a great way. And this game could have a nice back and forth, but I don't think I'm going to get there. What, what about you? 
Yeah, I'm not going to get there on the Miami side. Um, I don't think this sets up very well for them. I think it's an incredibly difficult spot schedule-wise for them. Uh, I fully expect them to drop this game. Um, they're going to struggle with the pressure San Francisco is able to put on. We'll see how well Tua picks it up, um, but uh, it does not project to be a great spot for them. The only player that I could see myself getting to in this game as of right now is a tight end, and it's George Kittle. I can hmm. see myself playing George Kittle in a few tournament lineups this week. Um, look, you look at the price point, not too bad. 5K. It's not a bare minimum play like we like to, but it's not drastically different than playing a $3,800 tight end on this particular slate. We've seen slates in the past where George Kittle is a $6,500 player. Now he gets to face Miami, who's been one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They're a pass funnel to the tight end position. We know that Debo's a little banged up. We know that they're lacking a little bit of running back depth, too. Um, you know, obviously Wilson got traded, and then Elijah Mitchell got hurt again. Christian McCaffrey banged up a little bit. I like George Kittle in this particular spot. It reminds me a lot of the matchup against Arizona. Uh, I, I think he's going to have, you know, maybe eight to nine targets like he did against Kansas City, another game where he spiked and had a big week, six catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I think this could be a big spot for George Kittle. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I would assume as far as the receiving options, it's just too – it's spread a little bit too thin among Debo, Brandon Ayuk, and even even Jawan Jennings who gets in the action a little bit. You're off the receivers, I assume, but I do want to ask you. It looks like Christian McCaffrey practiced. I'm assuming you're not going to be paying the 8600 for Christian McCaffrey. So please answer that. And then if Christian McCaffrey is – sort of, you know, designated as, as limited. Are there any of these backup running backs, whether it be Jordan Mason or, or Tyrion Davis price, if he's active or even Tevin Coleman uh, that you would consider if you get the news that McCaffrey's going to be on some sort of snap count? Uh, probably not. Um, I, I think that if he's on a snap count, they're just looking to, to get other guys involved. They're looking for short area passing. Um, not a situation I'm going to attack. Um, I think for me, it's pretty much Kittle or bust here. I could make the argument for playing Christian McCaffrey still, though, if you wanted to pivot from Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I like that quite a bit. I know I'm not going to be playing Derrick Henry this week. I would be probably a little bit more inclined, uh, inclined to play Christian McCaffrey, especially if the ownership – is it relatively low on Christian McCaffrey at this point? It should be. Yeah, very. Yeah, super, yeah, okay. super low. Uh, we're talking 5%. Yeah. Yeah, and fact, super – Go ahead. Uh, I will talk about one of them here in a minute. There are only two players on the slate that I have projected for 20 plus fantasy points and 5% or lower ownership. Christian McCaffrey is one of those two players. Okay. Okay. Nice tease for the next game. Swoop says Miami, the forgotten stack this week. Yeah. And that's kind of how I led. Listen, if you want to do Tua to Tyreek or Tua to Waddle or Tua double stack, feel free. I mean, I, I, I completely get it, but, but as far as this, as it, sizes up to some of the other stacks that I like. It's probably a no for me. Matt Arrowwood says Thursday night slate Stevenson or Allen in captain. Matt, wait in about 10 minutes. We're going to spend just a couple minutes on this uh, this game tonight. And Matt, uh, you're, you seem to be new in the chat. If you haven't already hit the like button, please do. We have well over twice as many people that are watching us right now versus how many people have hit the like button. So, I mean, it's, it's not that hard. If you haven't hit the like button, please hit it for us. Let's go to a game that we're going to spend. I'm going to, I'm going to put the over under Mike at 44 seconds on this next game. Seattle at the Los Angeles Rams. It's a 41 and a half point total. Seattle favored by seven and a half. Listen, Seattle has a lot of pieces that we might we might like on a typical slate. And frankly, Kenneth Walker, I mean, I, I get it at 7K, and I certainly get 
Tyler Lockett at 6K. On the other side of the ball, not interested in anybody. So my question for you, Mike, is are you interested in anybody on the Seattle side? Not really. Uh, not at this point. I, I don't mind any of those guys pretty much any week. You know, Ken Walker, you can play those guys whenever you want, but I, I don't really see this game turning into a shootout. I see Seattle eating a lot of clock. Um, yeah, not not a situation I want to attack a ton. I think that I there's one guy we have to call out, and, and it's Higby. Um, and the only reason for that is Seattle is one of the worst teams. I believe they are dead last in the NFL against the tight end. Um, the issue is, is just how reliable are the targets? How reliable is quarterback play? How reliable is the desire to go win and compete on the other side? I'm not sure that it's there, so I'm probably not going to do it, but it does project as a week where Tyler Higby could be the guy that scores the one Rams touchdown here and, and pays off this $3,700 tag. Yeah, and at this point, I don't think we know whether it's going to be John Wolford or Bryce Perkins at quarterback. We know it's not going to be Matt Stafford. So I think, to me, if it's John Wolford, I, I would be more inclined to play Tyler Higby rather than yeah. Bryce Perkins. That's just that's I my take there. That. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to – it's funny. We have Matt Arrowwood, who just said, I just liked it. Great show. Thank you for that. And that reminds me of Arrowhead, of course, which this game isn't being played at Arrowhead, but it's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals, a 52.5-point total. 27 and change in terms of the implied points for Kansas City and 25 for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll just tell you right now that that Chargers Raiders game that we're going to close with that implied total for the Chargers is 26 and the implied total for the Raiders is 24 and a half. The only reason I bring those implied totals up is because those are very similar to that more inexpensive game that we talked about that Trevor Lawrence Jared Goff game. And I know we're talking about different caliber quarterbacks in that game versus the two games we're about to talk about. So you can take what I just said with a grain of salt. But again, when it comes to the point total and the implied point total, that cheap game is, is, is sizes up just the same as these, these games. So if the quarterbacks hit, it's going to work out. Kansas City at Cincinnati, again, 52 and a half point total. Kansas City favored by two and a half. Mike, I'm just going to let you go on this one because I don't know what to do with the receiver position. I, I wouldn't mind getting back on Juju this game, coming off a terrible game. I, I love those situations. I'm not going to be on MBS. Kadarius Tony didn't practice today. I'm not going to be on Justin Watson. I'd consider Sky Moore. But to me, I'm guessing you're going to be on Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. And then I'd, I'm curious who you're bringing that back with. Yeah, and I'm actually not going to be on the Chiefs side of it too much this week. Uh, I okay. like Joe Burrow a lot. I like the Bengals side here uh, quite a bit. I like having T. Higgins in there. I think Jamar Chase is going to play in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they probably could have played last week. I think they understood that this game was pretty much the game that they needed to go try and steal one. Um, so I, I like the spot for him. He gets to play here at home. Uh, but as far as Burrow versus Mahomes, I'm going to play more Burrow than Mahomes in this game. If I am going to play Mahomes, it's probably going to be naked, maybe with Travis Kelsey, but I, I don't necessarily love Travis Kelsey in this particular matchup. Uh, I know that he's got to throw the ball to someone and he's still going to force his way to Kelsey. However, I think the Bengals schematically are set up relatively well uh, to, to defend Kelsey here. So I, I don't love him in this particular matchup. Uh, I'm more interested on the Cincinnati side. I love Burrow to Higgins and I love Jamar Chase. If you're stacking the Burrow side, it sounds to me like you're going to be more inclined to do Burrow to Jamar Chase as opposed to Burrow to T Higgins. But 
Tell me, are you what what else would be involved in, in one of your favorite stacks on that side? Would it just simply be Burrow to Jamar Chase, or do you throw in Hayden Hurst, or you try to double stack it with T Higgins? Uh, I would more likely to double stack it with Higgins, even though there's some negative correlation there. Um, I, I like Higgins quite a bit individually, and I think that there in this particular game, there's room enough to get there. Uh, on the Kansas City side, I'm just expecting Mahomes to spread it around a little bit too much. Uh, I don't expect Kansas City to find much success at all running the football. I think Cincinnati's pretty good defending the yeah, run here. They are, uh, for sure. So what concerns me at that spot is they're pretty good con- defending the run. I think that they're going to be able to focus on Travis Kelsey quite a bit, and they can defend him relatively well also. You watched the last game these guys played last year. I believe Travis Kelsey had 25 receiving yards against the Cincinnati team Mm. uh, on seven targets. Not expecting something that low again. But when we know we're going to see nothing but throwing volume from Mahomes, the receiving group that he's got out there and the way some of the backs can play out of the backfield, I I think that it's just too thin to really go isolate on anyone there. Um, so again, I'd play Mahomes naked, but I really like the Cincinnati side more in DFS. And uh, yes or no on Joe Mixon? Whether forget about the stack part of it. Somebody in your player pool? Yes or no? Uh, no, not at this time. Yeah, Mixon's not going to be in mine either. Okay, I think it's a good time to, unless there's any other thoughts on this game, Mike, which I think we covered it. And I do, by the way, I, I like the Burrow side of the stack more as well. I mean, you're certainly getting a price break. A, Pretty big price break, which you're probably going to need. 6900 on DraftKings versus the 8300 price tag of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Brian Fletcher's in here. He says, hit the like button, please. They help us out with awesome content. Brian, that is so nice. Thank you very much. What else is nice is this next game professional transition. Not really. It was kind of awkward. The Los Angeles Chargers are at the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'll tell you, we're going to do our cheat sheet in a second. And I was debating between two different stacks. It was going to be the one that I went with, or it was going to be Justin Herbert to Austin Eckler. But, and I I just want everybody to understand, I am definitely playing that stack this week. It's just, I didn't want to give that out on my cheat sheet because it's really expensive and it kind of limits your lineup. But Mike, I can't get away from Justin Herbert. I played him in my cash games last week and it really worked out for me. We know that, well, yeah, Justin Herbert, he doesn't run a ton, but the, the Chargers can't run the ball. They cannot run the ball. And what does that mean? That means Justin Herbert is just going to be, be passing and passing and passing. And again, I'll, I'll reference our prop show tomorrow at four o'clock on, on the early edge. I might have, a, I mean, I'll have to look at the line, but I might have a completions prop uh, to, to put out there on Justin Herbert because I think it's going to be a lot of like low, uh, sort of low A dot plays to, to Keenan Allen and, and to Austin Eckler, of course, and just completion after completion are, are, are going to be piled up. So I love the Justin Herbert side. I think there's plenty of value receivers. Once you get past Keenan, Josh Palmer, still value. DeAndre Carter at 3,900. Mike Williams is not going to play in this game, I don't think. Uh, and then on the Raiders side, well, what's not to like, right? Adams didn't have a great game last week, but we know Adams can go off at any given moment. Derek Carr's price is good. So I think you can stack this game on both sides. Are, are these stacks, and I'm talking about a Justin Herbert stack or Derek Carr, are, are they in your like top three, top four? Like, what, what, How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, I'm going to play Derek Carr again. I played Derek Carr last week, still got me to 23 fantasy points, uh, back-to-back weeks there. You look at Derek Carr, and the price point is something that's incredibly attractive, number one. Number two, Mm. having Devontae Adams and that natural stack, just super, super attractive from a DFS standpoint. A nice way to start a lineup. Derek Carr 
has attempted at least 36 passes in each of the last four games. He's had two touchdowns or more in all of those games. Uh, now he's got another matchup that he, he frankly should thrive in. Um, so I like the price point here. I think this game's an absolute shootout. I love pairing him with Devontae Adams. Uh, look, we've already seen Adams in this matchup earlier. This is the first game of the season where he was forced 14 targets. Um, I, I think that he's got a ton of upside. I don't need to tell you how good Devontae Adams is, uh, but I, I love the stack with him, and I love the double stack with Foster Moreau. Okay, so Derek Carr to Devontae Adams, Foster Moreau. That's going to allow you to do a lot of different things because of what you're saving at the quarterback and tight end position. Real quick on Josh Jacobs, who unbelievably had a calf strain, and then I guess didn't have a calf strain and then almost had 40 touches and, and won the game for the Raiders in overtime. He's been limited all week. I think he's going to play on Sunday. Is he a guy that's going to make your pool at 7,900? Uh, he might make the player pool. I'm more likely to pivot to the passing game than the running game. Uh, it's obviously an ideal matchup here for him against the Chargers. They struggled to defend the run. Uh, I think that's why I like Derek Carr so much and just the Raiders in general and the offense scoring points. Uh, I think Jacobs is going to have success on the ground. I think they're going to have to do a lot to try and stop him. And I think that's ultimately where they get burned at times is opening things up a little bit for Devante and, and, and Foster Moreau, frankly, who I, I think honestly has a big game here. Um, so Jacobs is in the player pool, but he's not going to be like a lock button play for me. Like he might be for others. On the Chargers side, before we get away from this game and we'll get to your top three, uh, Justin Herbert to Austin Eckler, of, of course I like. And I like Austin Eckler independent of a stack as well. But I also like the receivers here. And I think that's kind of a Captain Obvious statement. But I think people might just sort of gloss over Keenan Allen and try to take the value of Josh Palmer at 5,600 or DeAndre Carter at 3,900. And I get that. But I really like Keenan Allen here. I think this is one of those situations, again, where I'm talking about Justin Herbert just kind of not checking it down, but just the the, the low, the, the short area targets. I feel like Keenan Allen could gobble up a lot of those and, and find himself in the end zone too. And by the way, the Raiders, they're, they're better against the boundary receivers than they are the, the slot receivers. And I think Keenan Allen could really feast. Now, he doesn't have the typical upside that we're, we're looking for, but I think I want to play him because I don't think a lot of people will play him at 6,500. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about the ownership, but what receivers do you like in this game between among Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter? Uh, it's Keenan Allen by far the uh, the, t the top option for me. Um, I, I like this spot a lot for him, honestly. Uh, I think that he lands in the end zone again, uh, but I, I think that he approaches 100 yards in this game as well. So he's someone mm. that's definitely going to be in there uh, in my player pool. I think the most interesting things that you can do, which would be really, again, pretty terrifying based on how good that game environment in Detroit is, but making the pivot to someone like Keenan Allen over Amonio St. Brown, saving a little bit of money, I, I think it does wonders for your lineup construction if Amonra doesn't have a big game. Yeah, and for the record, I think Amonra and Keenan in a cash lineup makes a lot of sense, and it's not yes. it's not price prohibitive. So those are two guys that are probably going to be fixtures. Uh, DeAndre Carter, would you be willing to take a stab at him at 3,900, knowing that Mike Williams probably isn't going to be back? Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, I, I don't love it, but you know, I'd rather play him than Quez Watkins, who we talked about earlier at 3,800. Things like that. Uh, I, I think that it's probably a good play. Um, yeah. Just we, We've seen games of 10 targets. With Quez, it's been 10 targets over the last four games combined, right? So I'm not yeah. interested in something like that. Uh, the only other call out here that literally no one is going to play. If you play three max entry or single entry, you might be the only person in your tournament that plays them. 
Gerald Everett. Can't believe he's still 4,400. Uh, there's a big difference between that and, and, you know, a guy like Kittle's got the name value, has shown the upside. The Raiders aren't great against the tight end. Uh, you know, it, I, I think this is an interesting call out for Everett here at this spot. Excellent. Love that play at 4,400. All right, let's finally get to your top three and we can race through this. We've taken a, a, up a, a lot of time already because I want to get to our cheat sheet and, and maybe get a couple thoughts from you uh, for tonight's game. But your top three at each position, let's start at the quarterback position. Derek Carr, number one. I uh, just love that game environment. Love the price point. Love the stack with Devontae Adams and Foster Moreau. Number two, Joe Burrow. Love Burrow in this spot. I think he's going to have to be throwing a lot in this particular matchup. Uh, I think that Kansas City surrenders a lot of yards here to them. And then finally, Mike White. We're going back to Mike White here for the Jets. Uh, I love that they're going to give him all the passing work. I love that we're going to have running backs who can catch the ball for him. I, I think it's a great spot. It's got a little shootout potential with Minnesota. Moving to running back number one, Travis Etienne. That's the piece I like the most for the Jaguars. He says he's playing. I'm going to trust that until we get news that he isn't. Number two, Derrick Henry. Uh, I personally like Derrick Henry a lot in this Eagles matchup. I think the strategy, unless Henry is not effective, is to give him the ball as many times as possible, shorten the game as much as they possibly can. Uh, and then finally, Zonovan Knight. I don't think Michael Carter is going to play. I think Knight earned himself some more reps in this Jets offense. I think Mike White liked playing with him quite a bit. Give me Zonovan Knight there for number three. For the wide receivers, number one, Devontae Adams. No surprise here when I've got Derek Carr as my number one quarterback. I think he has force-fed targets in this game. That will be a shootout, will be very competitive. Number two, T. Higgins for now. T. Higgins, I, I love Jamar Chase as well, but I'm playing T. Higgins. Uh, I'll be playing T. Higgins in every lineup that I'm not playing Joe Burrow in because I want a piece of Joe Burrow in pretty much every lineup. Um, and then Amonra St. Brown for now. Uh, look, you can make the case for fading him in tournaments. You should not in cash games. Way too good of a play. Moving to tight end, Foster Moreau. Number one by far for me, uh, just the natural stack with Derek Carr. Number two, George Kittle. Love this potential spot for George Kittle. Be a tournament-only play for sure. However, I think this sets up really nicely for him. And then number three, David Njoku, but he mispracticed. Not sure if he's going to play. If he does play, I think that's who Deshaun Watson's going to be hitting in the end zone. We will see. And then defenses, we're going Giants, 49ers, and the Green Bay Packers. All right. That is Mike's top three at each position. I'll do my side of the cheat sheet. I've got Trevor Lawrence to Christian Kirk. I'm really trying to save money there more than anything. I mean, obviously, just from a pure point standpoint, I really do like Justin Herbert to either Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler, you know, most likely Austin Eckler if you can afford that. But the stack I'm going with is Trevor Lawrence to Christian Kirk against that Detroit defense in Detroit. My chalk play is Amon Ross St. Brown at 7,100. Value play is going to be DeAndre Carter at 3,900. I don't think he's going to require much to get there, and I think Justin Herbert's going to be passing it just as much as he's been passing it. Again, Mike Williams not expected to play in this game. Uh, my contrarian play is Justin Jefferson. Uh, again, that's one where his ownership may begin to creep up, but I think whether you're stacking or not, I think Justin Jefferson can always go off. I don't care if Sauce Gardner or anybody else is on the other side. Uh, Jefferson is just one of those guys that can take a house call any given game, any given quarter. Uh, my fade is going to be Derrick Henry. I've, I've talked about it today. I think Jordan Davis is going to be back for the Eagles. And for the record, Derrick Henry hasn't been running well. He was my fade two or three weeks ago too. And that really worked out for me. He was pretty much terrible. I don't know if that foot injury is still a thing for him. 
Uh, and of course, Derrick Henry can absolutely go off, but you got to fade somebody in this portion of the cheat sheet. So Derrick Henry is going to be my fade. Mike, your cheat sheet. Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. Same thing as last week. Uh, love this stack for them. Love this matchup against the Chargers. Chalk play. We're going Garrett Wilson for now. 5,300. Uh, really like him. You can use him pretty much everywhere across the board as a top play, as a value play, as a chalk play. Doesn't matter. Garrett Wilson, great spot for him with Mike White taking over at quarterback. Value play, I'm going to list another piece of my stack. It's Foster Moreau, 3,600. Love the value on him at tight end. I think this is a great week for him. Contrarian play, we're going Jamar Chase. Uh, Welcome back, Jamar Chase. I think he's definitely playing in this game. I don't think he's necessarily going to be at 100%, but I don't think it's decoy status either. I love the matchup. He's not going to be popular. And then my fade, Damian Pierce, once again, 5,900, still projecting 15 to 25% owned, depending on where you look. Great price point, 5,900, still has usage. Don't like him in this spot against the Browns. Still think he gets shut down a little bit in terms of number of carries and touches by the team at some point this season. Okay, that is Mike's cheat sheet. We're going to have that uh, tweeted out, by the way. So if you're not already following Mike McClure at Mike5754 or me at Cianajad, uh, follow us because uh, we tweeted out, but also the main fantasy football today account tweets it out as well. Uh, we did have a question about showdown. So let's just talk about showdown for a minute. T- tell us maybe maybe some players that, I mean, obviously like people know to play Ramondre Stevenson and Josh Allen, and they're going to try to play uh, Stefan Diggs. How are you from a construction standpoint? Do, do all three of those guys make it in your lineup or, or it, does it end up being price prohibitive? And for the record, we did have a question in the captain spot, Ramondre versus Josh Allen. If you had to choose, who would you choose then? Um, I have a little bit more Josh Allen, but Allen and Ramondre very clearly the top two. Um, and as far as getting studs in the lineup, it's super easy tonight uh, just because we have one obvious play. At least it's obvious to me. J.J. Taylor, uh, I believe he is. Yeah, he's only $200, the bare minimum over on DraftKings. Uh, with Damian Harris out, J.J. Taylor is certainly not going to cut massively into Ramondre's workload. However, in week nine, we saw something similar. He still touched the football 11 times. He had 10 mm-hmm. carries, uh, one reception. Not impossible for him to be on the field in the red zone here in this particular matchup. So love J.J. Taylor. If you play him, it allows you to pretty much do whatever you want. Uh, quickly going to build a you know, half of a lineup here. By the way, I love both kickers as well. I think the kickers are still heavily involved here. Uh, but if you play Ramondre Stevenson, you can play Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, J.J. Taylor. Still pretty much get whoever you want. Say you wanted to play Devin Singletary you still have enough for a defense. Yeah, there's all sorts of ways to get about this, but Stevenson and Diggs very, or Stevenson and uh, Allen, very clearly the top two uh, captain. Now, real quick, if if you're into the kickers, which I know in showdown kickers uh, can be more popular uh, to to sharps like yourself versus some of the, the regular folks who are just like randomly playing showdown, does that to you or to me, that means maybe it's a lower scoring game. Maybe there's less touchdowns in this game. Is that kind of what you're looking at? Like when we look at the total, for example, are we maybe leaning towards the under leaning to more drives being stopped and in, in field goals happening versus cashing in with the touchdown? So I personally lean towards the over actually just slightly. Uh, it's at 43 and a half. I make the number 45 and a half. Um, but I do like the kicker still just because on like on the uh, New England side, right? We expect a lot of the volume to go to Ramondre Stevenson. 
other than that, they can move the ball by first of all, by having great field position from their defense. Um, you know, you don't see a ton of points from some of these wide receivers. You see guys with three catches, 27 yards, no touchdown. Like it's not very difficult for a kicker to outscore that in this format, the way mm-hmm. this is. Um, so look, I, I personally, I like them. You look at Tyler Bass, by the way. I know it was against Cleveland, but he scored 23 fantasy points in week 11 against Cleveland. He has not scored less than 10 in the, each of the last three games. He scored 10 plus in four of the last five. Now go look at some of the receiving options on both sides and see how many of those guys are failing to hit 10 points in a game like this. Easy to see why we like the kickers here. Absolutely. Information you can catch on fantasy football today. Information you can catch if you're a Sportsline subscriber or if you're watching the Early Edge, which I will be on at 7.30 tonight. Uh, It's been a great Week 13 breakdown. We went a little bit over time, but that's because we had a lot of games to talk about. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Mike, uh, I'm hoping on Tuesday we get to talk about a takedown. I know we've been close to a few takedowns over the last month or so, and I'm hoping maybe we get close uh, this week, a big takedown in a big tournament. Uh, But for now... This is the game by game preview. I will see you on Tuesday for the solo pod, which of course is where we recap our week 13 lineups and we take an early look at week 14. I can't believe it's about to be week 14. My name is Sia Najad. That's Mike McClure. This is Fantasy Football Today DFS. Thanks for being a part of this. We'll see you next week.